yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike. Washington, Charles Bishop. Everybody's back in the studio. It's been a month or so since I've seen both of y'all at the same time. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Doc. How we doing today? Mike. Good afternoon, Doc CB. How are you brothers doing today? It's hot. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It is hot. hot. <laughs> Somebody told me they put Ooh. an egg outside and it literally fried. Oh man, it's it's just oh, torture. Man. Well, welcome to episode four six inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large to small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Villalone, my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCH 1238 studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. And as Charles alludes to, uh, the center of it's hot as hell. Ooh, with, ooh. with that being said, we're going to try to pre- move forward with the show. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let's get right into it with all this heat, Charles. I tell you what, what though, HBC Sports is on your mind. It, it's not too hot for the 79, though. It's not too hot for the... <laughs> So I just want to put that out there. Don't, don't take yeah, that I just want to so put you, that out you there. You broke eighty. Is this the first yeah, time you broke eighty? Yeah, I broke eighty. Yeah, broke eighty. Yeah, that that holy grail for the weekend golfer. I broke eighty. So <laughs> it looks like Mike has a cigar to celebrate for you. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. time to celebrate. Yeah, we got to get there. We we got to get together, guys. We 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 overdue. All right, but hey, Friday's a good time. Let's, let's see if we if our schedules can match up this Friday. I know we've been traveling, doing, spending extra time on the road with family, like you're supposed to over the last couple of weeks, making sure we get it in before we got to do our riptide and get back into our worst schedules in terms of traveling and following HBCU football. With that being said, HBCU football, we're going to release today 21 top teams for major and mid-major. We're going to break it down over the next couple of weeks. So we're going to start with 21 to 15. We'll do mid-major, and then we'll do major. Uh, see what your thoughts are on this. We'll do it over a couple of segments. So we'll spread it out and make sure folks 
take a deeper dive and get into it and see what you think. We'll look at last year's record. Uh, this is setting up where we think teams will finish. Obviously, we're throwing everything to the wall and seeing what it looks like. We'll make some people happy. Some people cry, which is fine. That's just what you do around this time. Uh, but uh, we'll get together and celebrate and make sure that uh, they're okay with my numbers and we'll throw it back up. And next week we'll get to you 14 through 7. I mean, four through 14 through 8. And the final one we'll do the top seven. With that being said, let me go back to you, Charles. What HBCU sports news is on your mind? Yeah, well, let's start off with, and this is Curdy of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC. Uh, Council of Presidents and Chancellors has announced the naming of the building that currently serves as the headquarters for league operations. The conference office headquarters located in Birmingham, Alabama, has been named the Dr. James Frank Building in honor and recognition of Dr. James Frank, who served as a SWAT commissioner from 1983 all the way to 1998. And this is a statement from uh, SWAT Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan. Dr. Frank's impact and legacy with the NCAA and the Southwestern Athletic Conference is truly remarkable. Uh, he was a true pioneer in the field of college athletics, and his vision and legacy continues to positively impact countless student-athletes, both past and present. The Southwestern Athletic Conference will forever be indebted to Dr. Frank and his contributions to our league. The naming of our conference headquarters in his honor uh, is truly fitting and undoubtedly well-deserved as we look to continually honor the historic contributions he made that have helped shape our conference into what it is today. So significant news coming from the SWAC office. Yeah, before I go to you, Mike, I have to sit back and say, you know, obviously that is a significant measure, but I must admit, something about that is just pretty cool. Be able to name your office after a long time, first full-time Commissioner Frank, uh, as um, he did a lot, as he said, and served in so many different ways in terms of the current legacy of the SWAC. Fascinating to hear that news. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Absolutely. Mike, any thoughts before you go into uh, HBCU sports talk? No, I, I just think that he, he was very a very accomplished person. He was a HBCU student scholar, HBCU student scholar. I mean, he, he attended Lincoln University uh, uh Missouri, what, on a basketball scholarship. He's a first lieutenant in the U.S. Army Corps. Earned a master's degree from Springfield, uh, so he was very accomplished. So, um, not <laughs> you serve as African of the, as president of NAACP, then president of the SWAC, and all of the accolades in between. So you tip your hat a couple of times to to Dr. Frank. So just you can't you can't speak enough about what he's done in his field. A true pioneer, yes, indeed. So good stuff. Very true. Very true. Great acknowledgement in regards to that. So now I know when I say I'm going to swag, I'm about to say I'm going to the Franks swag office. To the Franks. In Birmingham. <laughs> oh, yeah, to I'm the going point. to the Franks building. So. <laughs> what else news right. you got on your mind, Mike? No, so we're talking a little baseball here. It's still, it's still the dog days of summer. We got the boys of summer. So we have uh, Jackson State University head coach, Omar Johnson, who's been selected to assist USA Baseball during the collegiate national team training camp for international competition. Big deal. USA uh, Baseball Collegiate National Team, I'm sorry, uh, training camp will feature 56 
of the premier non-draft eligible college players for a four-game Stars versus Stripe inter-squad series in Cary, North Carolina. From June 23rd to 29th, Johnson will coach the Stripes team and help USA Baseball in naming a final 26-man collegiate national team that will represent the United States in the Friendship Series against Chinese Taipei and Japan later this summer. This is the second straight year Johnson has coached with US, USA Baseball. Last August, he was part of the 13U, 14U athlete, athlete development program, which, is, as you know, if you've coached baseball, that is the group of kids who are right on the cuff between high school, college, and kind of some actually can bypass that level and go to uh, play triple A or double A baseball, depending on, on their skill set. So uh, congratulations to coach Omar Johnson. Man, good stuff. Baseball still in the action, man. HBCU baseball, swag baseball represented in a lot of ways. Uh, when you talk about that, before I go back to you, Charles, uh, shout out to Theron Waters, first in the class, two weeks in a row. Yeah, you get extra credit, but like you said, Theron Waters, man, you ace in the class, so uh, you're going to bust the curve if you're not careful keeping doing stuff like this. Uh, you're going to have some folks mad at you. Carol Keelum in the house, Chuck Hunt, Silas Edward McMorris, Franklin Nelson is in the building. Saw Frank the other day taking care of business on campus. Helping uh, TSU Athletics. G-Boom Holly is doing his thing. Edwin D. Moore, Emma Price. Shout out to P.A. Vaughns on here. Sully. Uh, Adrian. A.B. is in here checking us out. Appreciate the support, A.D. as always. George Atterbury. Ricky Burke. Carl Moore. Charles, what's on your mind? What else you got going on? Yeah, I'm going to follow up that uh, Coach Omar Johnson. Also, uh, uh, set to assist the Team USA with uh, collegiate national team training is uh, Coach Jonathan Hernandez from Bethune-Cookman. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Mike, uh, the collegiate national team camp begins on June 23rd and the first game of the Stars versus Stripes series scheduled for uh, uh, yesterday, June 25th uh, at the USA Baseball National Training Complex in Cary, North Carolina. So a uh, tremendous accomplishment for both uh, Coach Omar Johnson and Coach Jonathan Hernandez and, of course, uh, of course, Coach uh, Alabama State's coach is also working with uh, this program as well. So uh, great inroads for all of these coaches in terms of uh, their future recruiting efforts, in terms of uh, getting exposed to the best of the best in this national program. Is that part of the yep. secret sauce that's going on in the East Division over there, Charles? I, I, you know, it, it did <laughs> dawn on me that, uh, you know, all these teams, all, this, uh, all these uh, coaches over there in the SWAC East, uh, they they've opened up a pipeline. This is some uh, talent that uh, that is coming in, and then Alabama State's pitcher is part of the program as well, uh, as well as Pablo Torres, who's a freshman pitcher from Bethune Cookman. So uh, there's uh, some some talent inroads in there. Man, no Absolutely. doubt, looks like some secret sauces you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. That's that that's that's that East Coast bar, uh, barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I, I don't know about that. That's like some some serious old cooking. <laughs> like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Lashan Harris has joined us as well. Mike, what else you got going on uh, in terms of some big news in HBCU sports this week? Well, Norfolk State alumnus Chris Bankston will compete among some of the best prospects in the world this summer, earning a spot on the Minnesota Timberwolves NBA 2K24 Summer League 2024. 
Norfolk State alumnus Chris Bankston. Uh, Minnesota released its summer league team on Saturday, on this past Saturday, featuring 18 players coached by Timberwolves coach or assistant coach Max Lever, uh, Lefebvre, if I pronounce that right. And the competition will take place from July 7th through the 14th in Las Vegas, Nevada. So after starting his college career at uh, Little Rock, Bankston transferred to Norfolk State where he immediately sailed on uh, both on the court and in the classroom. This 6'9 uh, athlete set uh, Norfolk State single-season field goal percentage record as a junior, averaging 11 points, 6.8 re- rebounds, 1.2 blocks per game, while shooting 71% or just north of 71%. He received all MEAC second team and all defensive team honors while also landing on the uh, – the, the Norfolk State AD honor roll for both semester. He propelled himself to new heights in his final year, averaging 14.2 points, 7.1 breakups, that's rebounds, y'all, and 1.5 blocks per contest. He was named to the All-MEAC first team and all-defensive team uh, group, earning an appearance in the prestigious Portsmouth Invitational Tournament, or BIT, after this season's conclusion. So congratulations to this young man. A tremendous two years, but we wish Mr. Banks, uh, Banks, and we'll look forward to seeing him in the Summer League in Las Vegas if you get a chance to catch a few of those games. Good stuff, Mike. Yeah, we'll be checking it out. Checking it out. You're talking about the Summer League games uh, in terms of the NBA. Boy, it's fascinating when you see some of those top draft picks uh, and their connection to HBCUs particularly when you look at the twins uh, and their brother playing at Prairie View, uh, obviously their parents playing at Howard. I thought that was a cool story. That was actually a year before Prairie View went on that run and won that championship back in uh, 2018. He was on the team 2017, 2018 when they were building it. Uh, Played a little bit uh, in the G League, so he got a shot there, but uh, twin brothers going four and five. Uh, That was pretty cool. And then (laughs) uh, number three, uh, also, the connection when you talk about Alabama uh, player there and his uh, parents' connection. Cool when you see that kind of stuff come up. And just as I said, the HBCU Sporting Diaspora is everywhere. With that, we're going to take our first break, come back on the other side. We're going to give you that top 21 through 15. I'm going to see what these gentlemen say, see if I have two teams too low, too high as we get in there. Uh, and talk about what they expect kind of coming up for this season, where these teams be able to get off uh, the chair and kind of find their way maybe in that top 10, top seven before the end of the year. But surprise, stick with us. We'll be back on the other side and see what uh, Charles and Mike think about my 21 through 15. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this first break. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. 
Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice. Kevers Voice. Kevers Voice dot com. Always on. All the time. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with the professor, Professor Bishop, Professor Washington in the building. I love this time of year, preseason. We get in these poll rankings, and I get to see the funny faces from Mike and Charles as they uh, get all riled up by my little poll rankings, and they get to sticking their chest out like they know a little football. We're going to see. We're going to take it down to the mid-majors, 21 through uh, 15. Uh, let's bring it up. See, I got Charles already shaking his boots. Number 21, Bluefield State Blue. Big blue. They were four and four last year. Big news this year is they're in the CIAA, as you heard during the offseason. They made the move. So they're in the CIAA. It'll be interesting. On the schedule last year, they played a couple of CIAA teams as well as SIC and obviously held their own, but now it's for the Marvels. So it'll be interesting to see as they're um, in the divisional play, what will it look like? We'll get to see in terms of the divisional alignment in terms of what that looks like uh, as they continue to push forward uh, in this new CIAA format in 2022. Uh, again, they were four and four uh, coming off a 500 season. Fascinating to see what that looks like. Let's go to number 20. As we get in a little further, number 20, got Livingston Bluebears out of CIAA as well. Livingston was four and six last year, three and five. So they're trying to improve 26 points uh, as they enter uh, at number 20, struggling to continue to move forward. They had some play some pretty good basketball a couple of years, I mean, football a couple of years ago, uh, regressed a little bit last season. So they're fascinating to see what that looks like as they move forward. Let's get into number 19. Number 19, Miles Golden Bears. Obviously lost a coach to Tuskegee. Year before, brought in a coach who struggled last year mightily. One and nine, one and six. This is a team from the last couple of years, a uh, couple of years ago, they win the SIEC championship game. They were winning games, but uh, hard times, uh, as you see with Golden Bears, can they revisit that and move up the rankings? I'm not so sure. I love to see what the gentlemen think. 
Staying in the SIAC as we go to number 18, we have Central State Matadors, three and seven mm. last year, two and five, yeah. 47 points. Um, they've been doing the carousel with the coaches, a lot of changes. This was a program a couple of decades ago uh, that was phenomenal, that, you know, didn't take a backseat to anybody, not your grandfather's Central State Matadors as they have struggled late. I look for them to continue to struggle. Hopefully we'll get to talk about them a couple more times other than their robbery game against T Kentucky State. But can they find a way to get in the mix uh, and then find a way to a CIAA championship? I'm not sure. Let's get into number 17. Where we go back into CIAA country uh, as we have the Shaw Bears moving forward. As they were four and six last year, they did post a 500 mark in the CIAA in 22, 51 points. Uh, as they continue to trudge along, what can they get done? Let's get into number 16 as we move up the charts in the rankings there. Clark Atlanta, the Panthers out of the SIAC, three and seven last year, two and six. Uh, this is a team that some people think are going to take the next step. Mm -hmm. um, as they're uh, putting some major emphasis in terms of the football program, will we see it turn out in terms of wins? They play in a very tough uh, SIEC Eastern Division, Albany State, Fort Valley State, uh, Benedict College. They got everything done last year, so they got a long road to go in terms of climbing up that hill. But this is a team that a lot of folks want to keep their eyes on. Finishing up in terms of this our first part of our poll rankings, the number 15, we're going to stay in SIC. That is Kentucky State, uh, Thoroughbred, four and six, four and three, uh, 97 points as they come in the mark uh, at number 15, rounding up. And you see again uh, those teams starting with number 22, <laughs> Bluefield State, Blue, Big Blue, at number 20, Livingston Blue Bears, at number 19, Miles Golden Bears, at number 18, Central State Matadors, the number 17, we have the Shaw Bears, the number 16, Clark Atlanta Panthers, and number 15, Kentucky State Thoroughbreds. That is three teams out of the CIAA and four teams out of the SIAC. Mike Washington, what do you think about those teams in the poll 21? Obviously, before you get that thought, I would talk about there are some mid-majors it didn't even make the 21. A couple of mid-major teams, uh, NIA and NCAA Division II programs that we haven't forgot about, but wanted to get up the top 21 teams, if you would. And so we'll see if those teams can even jump and make some magic this year and get into that ultimate top 10, top five or rankings. And with that being said, Mike, what are your thoughts as we start things off this preseason? So – let me get this right. Bluefield State, they're going to the CIAA, right? That's correct. And they're going to play in the Northern Division, right, with Bowie State. That's what it Virginia looks like. Virginia State. <laughs> <Virginia. laughs> Elizabeth Wait. State. Yeah, yay. Way to go. Throwing some meat to the wolves, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> they, they lost to Virginia State. <clears throat> they lost to another one, and it was they they were competitive losses. So I think it's going to be tough for them to make their mark. 
Um, but they they were they were competitive. I think with the recruiting wise, I don't know, but I'm not seeing them as a team that can right off the bat move up into the top ten. I see them as a team that can move up two or three steps, um, if that makes sense. Uh, they're breaking in. I think they do play some competitive ball. So um, the the one the the one that also scratches my head that makes me scratch my head a little bit is Miles. So let's let's rewind the clock. Let's see where Miles finished in 2022. Mm. Where did Miles finish? <laughs> they uh, they finished. Where did where did Miles finish in 2022? At the bottom. They finished in the. They were one in a million. <laughs> they, they had one win. Not two, but one win. One and six, one and nine. So I'm just going to step out on a limb here and say, unless they have the best recruiting class in all of NCAA sports, I don't expect them to break the top ten. Um, they play in the West <laughs> not the East, <laughs> where you have Benedict, Albany State, Fort Valley, all very competitive teams. They can't even be competitive in the West. So um, so those are two teams that I think will be very difficult for them to – I think, I think to be honest, <laughs> love you, Dr. Cavill, you know you're my brother. I think they're a little bit highly highly ranked going one, nine, one and nine and one and six. But you have the system, and it is what it is. So I have some more comments, but I'll let CB get in here because I can go on. It don't sound like Mike believes in the transfer portal from Miles Golden. <laughs> transfer portal, they better own a whole wing of that, <laughs> that portal. Charles, Charles, what do you think on my 21 to 15 as we start things off this 2023 you know, preseason? It's a couple of things that I kind of take a look at uh, in terms of our teams making that ascendancy into uh, a different tier. Uh, you got them ranked here. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious, I'm, you know, I was looking at it like, okay, who, who would be a couple of breakout teams? And uh, the first team that jumps out for me is uh, you got them at 18, because I think they're, they have the potential to be a breakout team, and that's Central State. Central State, this was the first time since uh, they had seven uh, all-conference selections. First time since 2013 they had that many uh, all-conference selections. So that's that's huge. That's an upgrade in talent. And I think from the a defensive side of the ball, they're going to be led by a young man, Jalen North. Uh, he led the SIAC and was ranked fifth in all of the Division II with 113 tackles last year. And if you go back to uh, the Black College Hall of Fame class of that game, he was all over the field in that game. 6'2 freshman from Chicago. I mean, he had 10 plus tackles in that game. Uh, and I think there were nine games where he had 10 plus tackles. So he's a guy that just flies around all over the place. So they're, uh, defensively, there's a lot of uh, upgraded talent over there for Central State. So I expect for them to kind of make that move uh, in the SIAC in terms of being a much better team. And like you mentioned, this is a pedigree program. Uh, they're itching to get back into uh, what I call the upper echelon uh, again of, of the conference. The other team that I take a look at, and I still stay on the defensive side of the ball, is Kentucky State. Uh, like I said, one of the things I take a look at is uh, the, the talent upgrade, which is the number of all conference selections, but Kentucky State actually had a winning record in conference play. 
and, and was led on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, what can they do uh, with regards to our offense uh, uh, this upcoming year? But I take a look at three standout guys that they've been talking about this spring. Uh, Jimmy Evans is one at five and a half uh, sacks last season, uh, 28 tackles, super athletic player. They talk about him in terms of being one of those breakout players. Jalen Johnson had a huge uh, 2022 season, 63 tackles and an interception. They're hoping to build off of that momentum. And then they got a sophomore linebacker by the name of Bobby Hayes Jr. who stood out this past spring. And they're really looking forward uh, with regards to him taking the reins of the leadership on that defensive side of the ball. So those are the two teams that I kind of take a look at uh, that I think can make a move, uh, especially in the SIAC, and that's uh, Central State and Kentucky State. I like those picks. It'll be fascinating and interesting to see. Can they make that next step and really get into uh, divisional contention and to play uh, for the SIAC championship? With that being said, let's take our second break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll have the major division as we start with number 21 to 15 as well. We'll see what the gentlemen think about the major division 21 to 15. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this second break. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Impressor Analytic Data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, because he going to teach a lesson. Hello, this is Dr. Lil inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles and Mike. Let's get into our major division, 21 through 15. This will list out all 21 FCS HBC football programs. So we're going to start team at the bottom. 
uh, in a lot of ways, can't go anywhere but up. Number 21, Delaware State Hornets. They have a new coach who comes in. Um, has some talent out there, but always interesting to see what takes place when you new coach. Um, that, MEAC, it's 16s, but it's six tough teams. We'll see what this means. Delaware State, I have it five and six, two and three, 22 22 season. Couldn't quite get over that 500 mark, so you saw the coaching change. 20 points, they start out. We'll see if they can make me wrong, but I see them at 21. Let's get into number 20. Number 20 is Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, 2 and 9, 2 and 6, 26 points. They also had a coaching change. This one wasn't necessary because they sent the coach and wanted to go in a different direction. Coach got a different opportunity. Uh, always plays a lot of teams tough. Record did not probably reflect just how gritty and tough that team was. Uh, but I'm intrigued in regards to Valley Delta Devils. Can they continue to sin uh, in terms of what they put on the table? Will they take that next step? They're in a loaded, swacked Eastern Division. Uh, can they get it done? We shall see. But I have them at number 20. Bringing us to number 19. Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions, three and eight, one and seven, 35 points. Uh, that was their record in 2022. You see a refrain here for some of these teams that are coming in at 21 through 19. All of them are with new coaches at the helm in regards to seeing their first year at their program. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Golden Lions, uh, they let release senior quarterback. Uh, that really had them in a lot of games that just couldn't get over the hump. But now they're searching. Uh, will the new coach be able to uh, have Golden Lions back in the business of playing some football, or will they continue to struggle? We shall see. Let's take it to number 18, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, 2-9, 2-6, 22 season, 47 points. We're not ranked again. This is our fourth program that will be under a new head coach and leadership. So in a lot of ways, which one of these programs will be able to send uh, and take a next step under this new leadership? Will things change at number 17? Well, yes, we have Hampton Pirates at number 17. They were four and seven, one and seven. Uh, their coach has been there uh, last couple of seasons there, but they moved and had their first year in the Colonial after playing a year in the Big South. Didn't do much. They did get four wins, a couple of wins over their old rivals out of the MEAC, but they were one and seven in conference play, 51 points. Uh, can they uh, take the next step is now they see what they need to do in the Colonial. Did they get those pieces to change things around? And number 18 might surprise some people. Norfolk State Spartans, they were just two and nine, two and three. Coach Odom's over there. Many people think he's going to write the ship. Uh, does mm -hmm. that mean he'll be out of that bottom first seven in that quadrant uh, with 72 points? I'm fascinated to see what that looks like. And at this point, I think they have a way to go. Bringing us to close out the 15 uh, is North Carolina Ante. They were seven and four and four and one last year, 97 points. They take their first year in the Colonial. They're with a new coach, head coach. Um, so we'll see what that means. A lot of changes. You hear a lot of good things about North Carolina A&T in terms of investing in the program in regards to what it will need to be successful in the Colonial. But some of that stuff will take a little while before it gets done. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. So let me go over this again. 21, 
Delaware State Hornets, five and six, two and three last year. And number 20 is Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, two and nine. And number 19, Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions with just three and eight. And number 18, Bethune Cookman Wildcats at two and nine. Uh, so you have your first team out of the MEAC, your next three out of the SWAC. And then we move to number 17, the Hampton Pirates, four and seven out of the Colonial. Number 16, going back in the MEAC is Norfolk State, two and nine. In 2022, number 15 is North Carolina A&T, the Aggies at 7-4-4-1 in regards to uh, 21 through 15. I'm going to start with you, Mike, this time in regards. No, I started with you, Mike, last time, so I'm going to start with you, Charles, in regards to your thought on the major division, 21 through 15. Anything stands out to you? Anything egregious that has you concerned in terms of 21 through number 15? Yeah, North Carolina and T, they, they won't be 15 or very long. I, I just think that's a program, like you mentioned, uh, uh, with regards to them investing in the program in terms of uh, trying to win in the CAA. I just think that they're going to be uh, a tougher team to deal with. Uh, with Vincent the Undertaker Brown at the helm now, I think, you know, that that's some significant change, though, from uh, Sam Washington to Sam Washington, of course, uh, tremendously successful there at a and uh, But um, I, I just feel like A&T is going to have the talent that's going to uh, uh, be able to uh, rise, uh, if you will. But that's, you know, CAA, that's a, that's just a tough conference, uh, probably number one conference in, in the FCS football. So uh, how far they You're going to make big sky folks, man. I know, I know. Missouri Valley, too, exactly. But uh, you know how far they can ascend. That's 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 the tough one. You know what's curious to me with this one is there are a couple programs that I thought maybe one more year. I thought of Coach Milstead maybe got one more year at Delaware State. Uh, they could find a way to get over the hump a little bit. Uh, five and six in conference play in the tough gritty MEAC. Um, I don't know what sort of personality that team will have now going forward. Uh, um, and and how long it will take them to, you know, the building blocks that were made, you know, did you lose some of it? I'm not sure. That's a great question, but 20 is probably right with them. Um, Mississippi Valley, again, another personality switch, I think, uh, at the at the helm of Mississippi Valley. Uh, Mississippi Valley, you know, with Coach Dancy, you know they were always going to just bloody your nose. So, uh, the question becomes now, can they get over the hump with regards to just we knew them as a hard-nosed, gritty team that might not have been as talented as their opponent, but they were always going to bloody your nose. So uh, they're a very curious team to me. Uh, I, I just don't think Dawson Odom is going to stay down for very long. I always say, you know, you take a look at the success he has consistently had at Southern uh, last year was a bit of a shock, a setback, if you will, and you, you're not sure what was going on within the program, but I don't think it's going to take him long to get that program back right. I think Norfolk State will be right back in the mix of things and be at. A&T and Norfolk State, one quick follow-up for you, Charles. Do you see them ascending to the top seven? Yes. Yes, I do. Ooh. Yes, I do. That's an interesting one. Yes, I do. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of 21 through 15? Charles put it out there. He said A&T, Norfolk State, not only they rank low, they should be in the top seven. I agree with Norfolk State. Uh, I, I am a Dawson Odom fan. I, I think uh, what happened last year 
you had several different data points affecting his the course of his coaching, um, you know, tenure, at least last year. I think if you look at what he did, his body of work at Southern, my trust is in Dawson Odoms to bring a good team there. And I look for them to move into at least the top 10. North Carolina and T, I look for them to move up, but I don't know about the top 10. I like the investment, but given the nature, I think their road may be longer. Uh, given the conference that they play in and who, who they're playing, maybe, you know, maybe maybe they're another year off before they, they crack the top five or the top 10. But I look for them to move up as well. The other one I, I would like to say is a, lo- a, a long shot. I don't know. It's a gut feel. Bethune, Bethune-Cookman. I don't think you can rule out Bethune-Cookman. Um, of all of those teams that have a puncher's chance, you know, you look at defense, whatever, you compare them. They finished at the bottom of the East, almost at the bottom, along with Mississippi Valley. And you like to say, well, Mississippi Valley played everybody tough. You know, they do that every year, and they end up one in something or two in something. Yes, they oh. beat Burnview, but we <laughs> Valley. We still talk about Valley. <laughs> We're talking about that. Uh, I was about to say, uh, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yes, they beat Purview, uh, on uh, without question. But still, you know, they their top running back now plays for who? Purview. Okay, so uh, they, they yeah. uh, yep, they have good sized linemen. Their defense has been strong, but they play in the East. So I, I don't know if they'll be out of, able to climb out the, of, that, of that pail, that side of the pail. So I, I, I do give a, a slight puncher's chance to Bethune. Uh, maybe they've recruited. I don't know what their, their complete recruiting story, but I give a slight puncher's chance to Bethune as well. You can't overrate. You can't underrate them. So Ike is on it in regards to those teams. So as I had, Charles talked about A&T, Norfolk State, being in the top seven, what team do you say out of these seven schools that will not finish uh, as where we see them starting the season from 21 to 15, Mike? Um, Sorry, pulling up the list again. I, I would have to – I have to look at Pine Bluff. And look at where they are. I think they may fall a little bit lower. They with the new changing screen, they got they got rid. Their quarterback is now gone. You just don't know what's going to happen with Pine Bluff. Um, that would be my top choice as far as you, you're talking about falling lower than their ranks now. Yeah, falling lower, jumping higher. Which one of those teams out of those seven you see either being lower than what I have them? Uh, obviously, you can't get any lower than Delaware State. Uh, ascending above where I have. Yeah, uh, I definitely go with Norfolk. Norfolk State going higher for sure. Um, I think uh, A and T for sure. North Carolina A and T, and then also um, Pine Bluff. I think they're gonna fall. I think I think they'll have a fall this year. Man, y'all got a lot of belief in A and T. What about State. him? What about Hampton? I'm I'm curious. What, 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 what are you guys' thoughts with regards to Hampton? What they what they can do? Well, I think they, they continue they, to be at four and seven. I think they, you know, three and eight. I, I think 
maybe they I think they stay, I think they stay I think they stay the same. Yeah, I think they stay the same. If you look at their record, I don't think they beat many colonial uh teams, maybe one. Then yeah. uh the teams they beat were HBCU opponents. I don't see them exceeding that performance. Maybe one one more win, one less win. I don't see them going past that mark. I think they have co- tougher competition with some of those HBCUs that match up with uh, Howard and Norfolk State. If you're saying Norfolk State is going to take the next step, it just means it's going to be harder for Hampton yeah. uh, if they're taking the next step. So uh, something's got to give yep. between those two and Howard in regards to them being able to play better in their non-conference. Uh, and it looks like they're for real going to stay at least uh, at similar level they are now. So that's the tr- trouble you have. Get in some of these comments before we take this last break and come back on the other side and get some indication of what do you think will be 14 through 8. Uh, just some name drops to see what your thoughts are on that. It wouldn't be more as I say on one in a million. He's cracking up on stuff. Professor Washington is a bit pessimistic, but he says ascendancy. All right, Professor Bishop, he likes you using his SAT words. A.D. Drew says mid-major. He has Clark Atlanta. Taking that next step, I know he believes in the coach over there. Now, I can see that, uh, and he has major division Norfolk State. He agrees uh, with both of y'all talking about those are the ones that he has possibly moving into a top ten type of matter. Um, Silas says, "Do not underestimate Bethune Cook." Jeff Roberts comes in here and throws a shot. He says that means number fifteen will take the out number one. Open up the season, so he believes North Carolina Central is probably going to be listed at number one oh! when we get there. So he sees number 15 getting it done against number one. Um, Charles Bishop, the road to the top is quicker than NSU than A&T. So he sees Norfolk State and the MEAC being able to send faster than A&T in the Colonial. I think most that's folks fair. would probably agree with that. Randy yeah, King, is. I'm sliding in the lecture a little. Late this evening. Yep. Come on to the front of the class, Brandon, so we can give you your homework assignment. Good evening, deans, professors, and HBCU family. Tennessee State checking in. Uh, we have Tennessee State obviously above the bottom 15. I wonder what Brandon King, where he would have Tennessee State. Would he have them in that 21 through 15 or higher? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. Where, where does Tennessee State fall? Yeah, we'll have to see. Bottom 15. I wonder uh, we have uh, every more shaking his head. Get off my home, boys. Mike, <laughs> he say, slow your roll, slow your roll. These folks. Let's take our last break. Come back on the other side, and we'll get in a little bit of the chat and see uh, y'all thoughts on fourteen through eight. See if you can pick uh, out who's gonna be in that role in the next segment. Coming right back after this last break. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. 
Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This, this is Dr. Will with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's get into our last segment. I want to see what the gentlemen say, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, what their thoughts are in regards to this next group. As we get in 14 through 8. Paul, let me go straight to you. Give me a couple of teams that you believe are going to be in 14 through 8. And I want to kind of make sure I take some notes and see if I can hold to see how good you are. Uh, with your skills in prognosticating what will come up next as we move on. What were some of the teams prizes. at the mid-major, any mid-major teams that you see? <laughs> 14 mm. through 8. Did you say prognosticating? That next group. Yeah, uh, I, see it. I see it with the eyebrow. Yeah, one said ascending, you know. I thought I'd join him in terms of the word. <laughs> Uh, everybody um, with these little, everybody with these little fifty cent words. <laughs> like, like. Uh, next group mid major uh, Virginia State. You see Virginia State in that next group. Yeah, you don't believe yeah. Virginia State can squeeze in the top seven, but you see them more in that uh, fourteen through eight range. As of uh, today, June twenty. <laughs> yeah, as of June twenty seventh. <laughs> They're fourteen to eight. I might feel a little. I might feel a little different in two weeks. Yeah, I might feel a little different. I'll be. I'll be. Mid majors for you, Mike. What's the team that you see that's going to be in the fourteen through eight? Uh, Mid major. Also, you're going to stick with Charles with the Virginia State, or you got another team you want to come out of? Um, how about is Winston Salem? They're not in this group. So the the fighting Stephen Gaithers. All right. I say Winston Salem, and I'll put an extra for Edward Waters. I will say oh. this: you all are really good. All three of those teams are in the next seven. We'll mm-hmm. find out next week where they actually fall. But you said Winston Salem State, Edward Waters, and Virginia State. They are in the group. From four through eight, we'll see exactly where they fall, uh, how close they were uh, in terms of being outside of that or inside of that, that first seven. I'm going to stick with you, Mike. Let's see if you are this good in the next level in regards to the major division. What are some teams that you believe are going to be in that four through eight mode in terms of the major division? What's a team or two? In that four through eight mode? Uh, oh, 14 through eight? Um. I, oh, you 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 probably gonna have Grambling in there. Um, I'm trying to uh, think about the, uh, Grambling and who who from the MIAC. Ooh, MIAC's a little harder. Um, I would say something like a more is Morgan State somewhere in there. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna let Charles say his first before I tell you whether you're correct or not. He said Gramlin State and Morgan State uh, 
uh, will be in that four through eight range. Charles, what do you say in terms of the major division? 14 through eight, definitely, I would say uh, Morgan State, uh, South Carolina State. And then as far as a SWAT team, I'm going to, no, I'll go Tennessee State. Tennessee State will probably be in at 14 eight. Good stuff. Both of you are correct again. All four teams. I'm going to tease you, give you another shot. I want you to name a SWAT school as well, Charles, since y'all are so hot with this. Because you're literally correct. Tennessee State, Grambling. Uh, you said South Carolina State and Morgan State. What's a SWAT team that you think may be included in that next seven? Alabama State. Damn. My job is too damn poor. A kid, kid, kid breaks eighty on the golf course and hits it. Like, he hit <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm just gonna ask where Tennessee State was, and he put them all in there. So yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll name like five of the seventeen in the next poll rankings. So. The only thing left is to see what is the order of those teams. That's pretty good stuff in regards to understanding. Look out for Tennessee State this season. Brandon King, he's the Tennessee State type, I believe it this year. He said uh, he believes look out for that. So fast they can see if they can ascend out of that. But good stuff there, gentlemen, in regards to the next seven. A follow-up question as we get into it. Obviously, the first one up is the SIC into the media day in Atlanta. Uh, Charles, I know you're scheduled to make it. Uh, Mike, you're looking at it. And so I just want to get your thoughts in terms of getting into the media day, getting those molds. What are the type of things that you're looking to find out? And how much of that goes into where you would rank a team after you go to a media session like the SIC? Uh, And then obviously next up is the SWAC. And we get into the CIAA. That's the day before the MEAC. I think so much of it for uh, for for me now is uh, especially uh, with the movement in the transfer portal is how many additions you know have have been added. So media day now for me is almost like a completely uh, new introduction to who this team is going to be in the fall because and, and we still see you know pieces that have been added in this second uh, session of summer, if you will. So uh, you get sort of this whole new. Uh, look-see of what a team looks like as opposed to the spring. You know, you get what, you know, they might be in the spring, but you definitely get sort of an introductory or uh, or the curtain gets pulled back on who the team will actually be in the fall. So that's what I'm looking forward to in terms of uh, the new names and some of the additions that will be added to some of the holdovers that you see as uh, with regards to some of these teams, especially a team like Benedict. You know, who's really going to cha- challenge Benedict this upcoming season in the SIC? Charles, follow-up question before I go to get Mike started on that is how much of that starts to change your thoughts on what a team can actually do in the season? Uh, is it that much movement, or, or do you get to the point where you said pretty much a team is going to be the team? It's hard to add that much uh, in regards to a transfer portal guy coming in this league. What are your thoughts in terms of the mix for a team? Is it a, like an additive piece? If a championship caliber team is it the is it the chip that gets you finally over the puzzle to get that championship, or if your team's seeking to have a winning season, another player or two is it 
that the type of difference, or can it be a major ascension in regards uh, to hearing a couple of key players uh, that you may not know about now? I think that's the fun part because you don't know. I mean, I remember two years ago, nobody knew James Houston's name. And he was that added piece to Jackson State in that first championship run. And you're talking about a, a, a individual who came, you know, right before, you know, fall camps open. So yeah, you still, you know, don't have a complete and full uh, understanding or look-see of what this team is going to be before fall camp opens. So I think that's the fun the fun challenge, at least for us now. Uh, you know, you kind of prognosticate, and you still don't know if there is that one piece out there uh, that is that looks at their situation after the uh, second session of summer and says, you know what, I think I'm going to, you know, try my lot over here. And they show up right before fall camp opens. And now all of a sudden that was that added piece that uh, you just didn't see uh, coming out of uh, uh, media days. Mike, similar question to you is that part with the transfer portal and how much it has changed the game. Uh, can you have a – Transfer portal, a player two. Uh, Charles gave a perfect example with uh, Houston coming in there and really uh, being a significant part of that championship team for Jackson State. What are your thoughts in terms of transfer portal and what it does, particularly this late session as folks are still getting into the second summer session? Some of them will be enrolling just for fall camp. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of that? Yeah, I, th I think it's added an extra element um, to the potential for a team. I don't think you can predict it. Um, I think it's hard to tell either way. Um, you have some teams that you, you go back without the transfer portal. Maybe you rank them a little bit different, but you look at, you know, you know, Prairie View this year, I'll just say that. You know, you look at who they bought in, and now, you know, you're like, all right, maybe they're – they're not going to be at the top, but they'll be competitive. Now you look at the transfer portal. Oh, maybe they have a shot. I think it gives you different perspectives on a team. Um, you still, the team still have to gel together, but if anything, I think it does add that extra element of perspective on how they'll perform in the team because now you have folks, seasoned folks coming in from other D1, D2 programs that add to your program in addition to what you're growing organically. So you have two streams going into that formula now, whereas in the past it used to be just one. Uh, and I think it makes some teams more dynamic. So um, I I throw a couple of teams that have taken advantage, you know, of and Purview being one of them. Um, Jackson State has been, you've seen the door swing both ways for them. You know, has it taken away from what, what they'll be this year um, because of losses or have they supplanted enough? It, it to me, it brings that extra element of excitement, and but it's not exact. You don't know how it's going to fell out. I think it just adds an extra element of complexity to how a team's going to perform because of the talent you're bringing in. Yeah, I, I think that 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 look see has extended a little bit more. You know, Mike, I know you cook a lot. I think you're still the the roux is still browning. <laughs> the rule is still brown and almost all the way up until September. Yep. Now you sort of like, okay, <laughs> this is who this team is. <laughs> Especially with the compliance pieces we've seen before. Yeah. You really go yeah. to make sure that you get all these pieces in. 
Edwin D. Moore says, Mike, uh, you're sleeping on PV. Not really, Mike. He says people are sleeping on PV, so he didn't put it on you. But let me rewind and ask you the first question and follow up a little bit. Uh, as you go into media day, what are the things that you look for um, as you go into the session, uh, getting prepared for media day? And once you get there, uh, what things do you like to ask and find out that really gives you a glimpse of the next level uh, in regards to your analysis on the football season? Yeah, so when I go in, I, I look for kind of the culture and the attitude. You may say, well, that's 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 intangible. You can't touch that. But you look at how confident a coach and his players are coming into media today. You know, how composed are they for the answers that, you know, they're, you know, pretty much a lot of times the same questions each year. So you look to see which coach is kind of coming in with that chip on their shoulder. You know, a couple of years we saw Alabama A&M come in with it. You saw Jackson State come in with it. I think you'll see Fam you come in with that chip on your shoulder. Then you like to you, you like to hear some of their answers, not the questions, but their answers to some of the questions of, you know, what team do you want to see? Are they going to answer? Are they confident enough to answer? What team are you looking forward to play this year? Some will give you that standard answer, and some will like, well, we got Alabama A&M circled on, on the calendar right there. Uh, the other thing is I'd like to hear them talk a little bit about X's and O's. They're changed from a previous year to the, the other year, and then I look at what pieces they've added. You ask them, you know, what pieces have you added to lead me to think that, you know, you're going to be just as competitive or run for that top spot in the swag, and you hear what that answer is. So I look for all of those factors when you go to kind of media day. Good stuff, Mike. Good stuff, Charles. That'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports. Come from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our availing of 21 through 15 as we work our way down to number one. Uh, we'll do it seven teams at a time as we break it down for this 2023 season. Uh, we'll revisit this at the end of the year and see also where these teams rank. Usually, you know, we do a top 10 and we'll get back uh, to our traditional top 10, top five throughout the season, kind of keep you on those teams at the uh, at the breast of things. But as we close things out and get into basketball, if we can think about it, man, this league's so far off. But we start closing out this team in December and name our champion. We'll come back and look at the initiation of this season in regards to the prediction of 21 through 1. And we'll break down and see what it looked like at the end of the season and see just how far off I was or how much I'm on it. With that being said, we look forward uh, to seeing you on Thursday as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Bill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed.